my health returned, I would devote some of my holiday to exploring those mysterious depths and finding out for myself how far the Roman had penetrated into the Derbyshire hills. Strange how superstitious these countrymen are. I should have thought better of young Armitage, for he is a man of some education and character, and a very fine fellow for his station in life. I was standing at the Blue John Cap when he came across the field to me. Well, doctor, he said, you're not afraid anyhow. Afraid, I answered. Afraid of what? Of it, he said, with a jerk of his thumb towards the black vault. Of the terror that lives in the Blue John Cave. How absurdly easy it is for a legend to arise in a lonely countryside. I examined him as to the reasons for his weird belief. It seems that from time to time, sheep have been missing from the fields, carried bodily away, according to Armitage. That they could have wandered away of their own accord and disappeared among the mountains was an explanation to which he would not listen. <laughs> On one occasion, a pool of blood had been found and some tufts of wool. That also, I pointed out, could be explained in a perfectly natural way. Further, the nights upon which sheep disappeared were invariably very dark, cloudy nights with no moon. This I met with the obvious retort, that those were the nights which a commonplace sheep-stealer would naturally choose for his work. On one occasion, a gap had been made in a wall, and some of the stones scattered for a considerable distance. Human agency again, in my opinion. Finally, Armitage clinched all his arguments by telling me that he had actually heard the creature, indeed, that anyone could hear it who remained long enough at the gap. It was a distant roaring of immense volume. I could not but smile at this, knowing, as I do, the strange reverberations which come out of an underground water system running amid the chasms of a limestone formation. My incredulity annoyed Armitage, so that he turned and left me with some abruptness. And now comes the queer point about the whole business. I was still standing near the mouth of the cave, turning over in my mind the various statements of Armitage, and reflecting how readily they could be explained away, when suddenly, from the depth of the tunnel beside me, there issued a most extraordinary sound. How shall I describe it? First of all, it seemed to be a great distance away, far down in the bowels of the earth. Secondly, in spite of this suggestion of distance, it was very loud. Lastly, it was not a boom nor a crash, such as one would associate with falling water or tumbling rock, but it was a high whine, tremulous and vibrating, almost like the whinnying of a horse. It was certainly a most remarkable experience, and one which for a moment, I must admit, gave a new significance to Armitage's words. I waited by the Blue John Gap for half an hour or more, but there was no return of the sound. April the 20th. In the last three days, I have made several expeditions to the Blue John Gap and have penetrated some short distance, but my bicycle lantern is so small and weak that I dare not trust myself very far. I shall do the thing more systematically. 
I have heard no sound at all, and could almost believe that I had been the victim of some hallucination suggested, perhaps, by Armitage's conversation. Of course, the whole idea is absurd, and yet I must confess that those bushes at the entrance of the cave do present an appearance as if some heavy creature had forced its way through them. I begin to be keenly interested. I observed this morning that among the numerous tufts of sheep's wool which lay among the bushes near the cavern, there was one which was smeared with blood. Of course, my reason tells me that if sheep wander into such rocky places, they are likely to injure themselves, and yet somehow that splash of crimson gave me a sudden shock, and for a moment I found myself shrinking back in horror from the old Roman arch. A fetid breath seemed to ooze from...